1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Gate 7 International podcast. We've got a great show lined up for you today with a wonderful special guest. We are here to talk about Europa League match preview. Fenerbahce versus Olibiagos is taking place tomorrow, Thursday evening for the second game of the Europa League group stages. Labro, how are we feeling, ma'am?
0: doing excellent doing really good tonight uh excited for the game tomorrow uh there's been some good football this week i haven't watched the games uh yet from tonight but last night was fun so i'm excited for tomorrow night hopefully some some fun things will be going going down too
1: fantastic if you haven't checked it out already head over to our website at www.gate7international.com you'll find match preview there by our guy, Olympiacos france Marshall, Great match preview, some nice takes in there. Could Mathieu Valbuena be the magician or the X Factor tomorrow? Uh, let's see, but without further ado, we do have a special guest with us today, joining us live from Turkey. Her name is Reza, uh, Rezan Yetis. I spelt her name wrong there, my apologies. Rezan.
2: Hello everybody. How are you
1: doing? Welcome
2: i'm doing super good how are you
1: very well thank you very Very much
2: thank you for for joining
1: us today do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself
2: of course uh so i'm gonna start with my with spelling my name it's (laughs) uh i'm 26 years old i work for a tv sports channel called tv busport in turkey based in istanbul as well so i cover football matches especially uh the super league the, the turkish super league teams uh, starting with Fenerbahce also galatasaray and besiktas too so i've been uh working for this channel for about a year now but i've also worked for digital platforms as well uh, for example Gold turkey and matchclick and before that i have worked for 442 turkey so i've started with 442 turkey and also Gold turkey matchclick and I'm, I'm right now i'm working for a tv sports channel like I said before, Sport, it's called. So it's my uh, like first year. I've completed my first year, year in here. And I enjoy it. I love football. Like uh, Since I was a little kid, I've been watching uh, Fenerbahce's games as well. Uh, but other than Fenerbahce also, I've been following the European teams, especially the Premier League clubs. And I support Liverpool in England. So uh, that's all I can say for myself.
1: Do you, how do you like Kostas Tsimikas?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I have uh, I've expected more from him. Now he's growing and he's playing more uh, in the starting eleven. I think Jurgen Klopp uh, believes in him too. He uses him too much in Premier League. And also, uh, he tries to uh, use him in the European game, games as well. So we expect more. And I think he can do that. He's a promising kid.
1: We love Kostas Simikas. We're still trying to replace him, and I don't. You, you can't see the tears, but I'm. I'm still crying inside. <laughs> no, I, but
2: I can feel it.
1: Olibiakos Turkey, Kalispera comes Hello, neighbour, uh, our friend Olibiagos, uh, Turkey, who we know from Twitter. Thanks for joining, my friend. Uh, where Where do we start? How is uh, this season? They're top of the league. Has it been been convincing or not so convincing? How would you say Fenerbahce is doing ahead of tomorrow?
2: Actually, we should start from the summertime because, uh, as you may know, Fenerbahce had changed the manager at the end of the season because last season was really chaotic from the managerial part because they have started with another manager and they have changed it. They have completed the season with another manager called Emre Belezolo, you may have known him before but they but but the the president didn't want to continue with him he tried to bring another managers he tried to bring really good managers really big managers they have talked with big star managers but at the end of the day Vitor Pereira came because and Vitor Pereira knew Fenerbahce before because he worked for Fenerbahce before and it's his second time in the club fans the Fenerbahce fans were really surprised when Vitor Pereira uh, came to the team but uh, they didn't know they didn't just quite they, they didn't uh, quite feel very well with him because when he left the team before they you know he they expected more from Vitor Pereira because he had really star players for example Nani Robin van Persie but he couldn't be successful it's the second time, but fans started to believe in it. fans started to believe in him after like seven matches in the Super League. Fenerbahce is now top of top of the league. They have they have won five games and they have just one draw and uh, they have just lost one game. They have uh, sixteen points right now, and Fenerbahce is the best team uh, when if we talk about conceding conceding goals. Fenerbahce is now Top of the league as well. They have just conceded five goals, so we can uh, say Fenerbahce's defensive part is really, really growing. It's really promising, but uh, it's really early to say Fenerbahce is the biggest uh, champions candidate in the Super League because there are too too many strong teams other than Fenerbahce. We can say Sport, we can say Besiktas, who who they are um, competing in the Champions League too. But Fenerbahce is a really, really good and it's where they are really strong candidate when it's when it comes to Super League Championship.
0: It's interesting you're talking highly of Vitor Pereira. We talked about it high, uh, a bit off camera. Of yeah. 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 course, not my favorite coach at Olympiacos when he left. <laughs> I remember when he incited the riot against uh, Panathinaikos fans.
2: Yeah, Beautiful
0: yeah. moment. I think he was handed a a fine or suspended jail sentence but that was beautiful his tactics were shocking Frank Jara does everyone remember that striker tragic draw I, I think people could drop in the comments what they think about Victor Pereira but I don't think it'll be highly so it's interesting to see that he's doing so well and my mind immediately goes to some of the the players that Fenerbahce has Dimitris Pelkas comes to mind Greek international of course was all right at Pauk, but has seemed to blown up the the past season. And also, big name Mezidouzil, who people in Greece have been reporting will not play tomorrow. Still not sure about that. Um, and then, and then the striker Ener Valencia, I think that's his name. He's doing very yeah, well yeah, as well. I yeah, think, yeah. 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 So, so there's star power on the team. We can say that, I guess.
2: Yeah, uh, that that three names, especially Ener Valencia, is like. Fenerbahce's biggest threat. It's going to be the biggest threat tomorrow too. He's not a pure striker, but he plays as a striker and he offers too many striker positions. He he scores too many goals. He may be a be- he may be a, a better striker than the other ones. But uh, Fenerbahce transfers strikers at the end of the deadline. You know, the deadline day. Berisha. Maybe you have you have known him. Maybe you have heard him before. But until that moment, and still Pereira uses him as a striker. And I think Ener Valencia is re- doing really, really good. And he's going to be uh, really good against Olympiacos if he starts. And I, I believe he's 99% he's going to start in the starting 11. But when it comes to Mesut Ozil, uh, before we start broad- broadcasting, I thought Mesut Ozil is going to play in the starting 11. But I have just seen the news that Mesut Ozil is... Uh, having some sort of, you know, sickness. Maybe he will not be uh, in the starting 11. He didn't train with uh, with the rest of the team. So we will see if he's going to be all right tomorrow. Maybe he can start at the bench. So that's the latest news about Mesut Ozil. He may not be able to play in the starting 11 tomorrow against Olympiakos. And uh, you've mentioned Palkas. He was one of the star players last season, even if Fenerbahce didn't, uh, win the league but uh, if we talk about individually about the players he was the best one but he dislocated his shoulder uh, before at, uh, like at the start of the season now he's uh, getting better he's uh, playing he's he's getting some minutes he played like five or uh, six minutes in the last Super League game uh, and I believe he's going to start tomorrow against Olympiakos as well
1: So Rezan Fenerbahce they like to play three five two so with three at the back and two strikers. What what is that going to look like up front? So we know that Enner Valencia will probably be one of the two strikers. Are we likely to see Belgas playing a little bit behind him up front and five five midfielders? How 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 does that Fenerbahce lineup uh, start to take shape in, in your eyes ahead of tomorrow's game?
2: Actually, I believe they are going to play with four midfielders. It's uh, because Vitor Pereira is preferring like three for three, uh, just one striker and uh, playing with two other players. I thought uh, Mesut Ozil, Valencia, and Dimitrios Pelkas would start tomorrow, but given the news about Mesut Ozil if he is sick, I believe uh, the other one of the other players would play instead of him. So, uh, like. With, before Vitor Pereira left Fenerbahce, uh, he tried to bring three defenders. He used that system like uh, when Fenerbahce played Monaco in the Champions League playoff. He used that system and people really criticized him. And he still insists in that system. And I believe he's getting really, really better on that system. And you know, Vitor Pereira is a really aggressive and emotional guy when it mm-hmm. comes to to his judgments about football uh, when i watched him today uh in the pre-match conference there were some questions still uh because the the media is still questioning the three three defender system and he said that people always know better than football coaches and uh i really can't stand that idea he i, I just quote him because uh like i just said he's really aggressive when uh they they the people criticize him so he said that uh you know better than me you always know better than me but i am the coach i take responsibility i use this team i use these players etc etc but if we look at the Fenerbahce and preseason and now like after seven super league games i believe this three defender system is doing really good and defensive part is Fenerbahce's really biggest advantage like, they just conceded five league games in the Super League. I believe that would be a nice proof for Olympiacos too. Attila Zalai, he was one of the other star players last season. He was like, uh, he was like a wall against the other, the uh, opponent's players, opponent strikers. And he is now having a companion called Kimin Min-Jay. Fenerbahce transferred this player this year, like before the season. And now Zalai and Minjé are really good pairs. And uh, Vitor Pereira mentioned them about, in, uh, mentioned them in the pre-match conference too. He said that they are the best defensive duo they have uh, that I have ever worked with. And I believe he's not that uh, really wrong, uh, given the statistics. Uh, Minjay and Zalai, when they played together. So, uh, last but not least. I believe Enner Valencia is going to play up front, and I believe uh, Pelkas will play with him too. Uh, Fàbregas will start again with three defenders as usual, and uh, Bright Osai Samuel up, uh, on the right and Ferdi Cadolo on the left. Uh, I believe they are going to play like this, and also Luis Gustavo would be uh, on the you know at the center of the midfield because Luis Gustavo is like. An erase, ir- 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 iris- uh, I'm sorry, irreplaceable player for Fenerbahce this season, mm-hmm. this season and last season too. Like there are too many alternatives, alternatives for any kind of players in the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Zalay, Palkas, even Mestuzil has an alternative, because Fenerbahce got a really good squad. They, they like a squad that is really, really good. But Luis Gustavo is the only player that has no. Uh, advantage uh, that there has no alternative in the Fenerbahce squad he was he was the one who rested the less in the la- in the last season and he's still he's still playing 90 minutes every game like he's not a young player but he's really experienced and he's a really really good leader on the pitch so I believe Fenerbahce would start like these players but I don't know if vitor Pereira changes his mind, and uh, I believe Mesut Özil is going to be really decisive if he plays or not.
0: So, so interesting. Uh, Gustav was a famous old name. Like, I feel like he's been in Turkey for some years now. So yeah. maybe he's lost. Um, I don't know. People have lost track of him. But it's so interesting that he's still such an important player. I, I feel like he was such an important player back in the day uh, as well when he was, what was it for Bayern Munich, I think. Yeah. It's been a while. But um Another comment we got is about this guy who I was also wondering from was it Los Angeles Football Club? Diego yeah. Rossi was, I think, a deadline day transfer, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, he's quite an exciting player as well. And to be honest with you, Mezzadozil has never performed well against Olivia Costa. Can I say that? He's always been lazy. He doesn't run, he doesn't track back. No. I, no, no no, oh, no, no. Do you he, remember? Do you remember the game at the Emirates? He was useless. It was brilliant watching him play. Like their midfield was Ceballos, <laughs> Ozil, and Jaka was miserable. And oh god, I think that's one of the reasons we won. But he uh, it, that that game that Arsenal beat us three 0 actually, where Giroud scored
1: a hat trick. That
0: Joel game, Campbell played well that game. I will. He, I'm not gonna. Yeah, gonna Joel Campbell
1: played well, but I think I think Ozil played in that game as well. But okay. Um,
0: I, but uh, I just think uh, the pace of Rossi, I've seen a little bit of him. I think it's much more deadly than Mesut Ozil. No offense to Mesut Ozil. <laughs> I don't know exactly how he's playing in Turkey, but I just have memories of him walking around and not doing much against us. And I loved Mesut Ozil when he was younger, but I don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, if we talk about Mesut Ozil in Fenerbahce, you might be right, because he hasn't got the time to improve he hasn't got the time to be on his best period because when he arrived at Fenerbahce he hadn't played football properly for like 10 or 11 months in Arsenal so he was not in the best shape of Mesut Ozil but he never really needed to run too much he really never needed to think too much on the pitch when he got the ball when he gets the ball, whenever he's playing for Fenerbahce, even if he performs like, for example, he starts in the starting 11 and he plays 80 minutes really, really bad. But when he gets that tiny little bit of football intelligence on his mind, on the pitch, that's enough for him. And he just crosses the ball. He sees the opportunity. He creates the opportunity to score a goal. And that's enough for For him and for Fenerbahce fans too. Because Fenerbahce fans really, really wanted to see him play for Fenerbahce someday. And their dreams uh, came true. So they don't question Mr. Zul's qualities and they believe in him. But he needs really, really long time to get in the best shape of him. Get in the best form. And Vitor Pereira really tries to bring the best of him in the matches but uh, I believe he still needs time to get in the form because nine months, eleven months is is a really, really long time to not to play football, especially when you are playing at the top level. He came from Premier League, but he didn't he didn't play a Premier League game like since since when? So it's been a really long time. But I think we can. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, yeah. I, I forgot to talk about Diego Rossi too. Yes, he was a deadline transfer, a deadline day transfer, and uh, not too many football fans in Turkey knew about him because you know MLS, yeah, it's growing, but it, they like that league will never be that popular like the five biggest European leagues, like England, like Premier League, La Liga, Serie A. It will never be that much popular. Because pe- people in Turkey prefer to watch those games. Other than Turkey, but Diego Rossi was a promising talent, and uh, they have they have watched they have searched about him when he arrived at Fenerbahce, and I believe uh, in the last two and three matches he was showing his qualities on, on the pitch. He's he's a really fast guy. His pace is really absolutely amazing. Sometimes he reaches a level like Bright Osai Samuel doing at the right flank. So. Uh, I believe he's one of those guys who needs time, like Berisha and Max Meyer as well.
1: Well, he sounds like an exciting player. But um talking about Mesut Ozil, Razan, maybe one day we do another podcast and we can talk just about him because uh, <laughs> I feel like Mesut Ozil deserves, yeah, we des- need- deserves a lot of airtime. time.
2: talk about Mesut Ozil.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, look... Um, I think they are going to be some interesting choices for both managers tomorrow because it sounds like, I mean, Urzu is a last-minute dropout. And from what we were hearing uh, coming from, from Turkey, Vitor Pereira had talked to Mezo Ozil and was expecting him to play a part tomorrow. So it looks like his plans may have changed last minute. It also looks like our plans are changing last minute as well. We were yeah. expecting yeah. Jan and Villa to be playing in midfield tomorrow. It now looks as if Jan and Villa is not being considered. Um, he's still struggling to overcome an injury that's been keeping him out for the last two to three weeks. He actually played with injection against Standard Liège and then missed uh, missed all the games uh, that we had. Made a, a short cameo appearance on the weekend in a 2-0 victory away from home against Asteras. Um, so that might see Pierre Kunde come into midfield and yep. uh, Bukalagis dropping back deeper. Labra, how are you feeling about that? What, what do you see l- for our lineup? Like tomorrow? I
0: always do on these previews, I'm going to give you the starting eleven, and usually it's quite accurate. So I'm going to go. Vatchlik's going to play in goal at right back. We're going to have Mikal Karbovnik, the Polish youngster. He's been playing great. Cisse, Papastathopoulos left back, Oleg Rayabchuk. You're going to have Kunde on the left side. You're going to have in the center, Andreas Pujalakis. And on the right, Mari Kamara, who may be playing up next to the striker in a 4-4-2 type thing. And then we're going to have Henry Onyakuru on one wing. And I'm expecting to see Yorgos Masura start on the other wing. We're going to need his defensive ability and tracking back. So that I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm 90%. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about this one. There is always a shout. Matthew Valbuena coming back to Fenerbahce could, could start. He was at the press conference. We saw it. We'll yeah, see. Fenerbahce I
2: fans really curious about if Valbione is going to play or not against Fenerbahce tomorrow.
0: He's going to play. He's going to play, but he's not going to start. I'll say that. Costa, I don't know if you agree.
2: Uh, what about Gary rodriguez oh. could they, Could those players will be uh, included in the starting 11?
1: Gary Rodriguez isn't in the squad because he was signed after the, the registration deadline. He was a free transfer and uh, he's still coming up to match fitness. So he's he's not available. Okay. Uh, on Yakuru, okay. it's, it's it's 50-50. I think one of the positions on the wing is open. I think one is for Masuras. Okay. Um, and okay. the other one is between Agibukamara. Kamara, Henry Onyekuru, and possibly Mathieu Valbuena. But I don't think Valbuena will start the game. I think that the the problem with Valbuena is that if you put him from the beginning, he's not a player that likes to really keep position on the field. He likes to go everywhere. He likes to have a free role.
2: I I really believe in you because he was not a good player when he started in the starting eleven. But when it comes to coming off from the bench and changing changing the dynamics yeah. of the game he's the best one he's, he's your guy so that would be a really he's, good choice he in the bench
1: he's a bit like mezzo asal in that respect that he might come on and he might not do anything and then one second he'll get the ball and he'll put a cross in he will take a yeah. free kick he will yeah. take a nice set piece and we'll score so, um, for me right now, as a thirty seven year old I think that you know he's not really my my favorite player right now, but I have that respect for him that he's a player that can still he can still put his mark on the game, and he did it last season when we played against Marseille at home. He was the one that delivered the ball for for a Hassan header in the ninety second minute that gave us the win that put us through to the europa League essentially so there is a possibility, and that was against his former club, Olympique Marseille. He's now going back to Turkey to a stadium where he was adored and loved by the fans. So it it kind of has that storyline to it again, possibly, that Valbuena could be an important player or a potential X factor um, in tomorrow's game. I expect he'll make an appearance 15, 20 minutes Um I'm very curious to see how we're going to line up, uh, particularly on the wings and who's going to start up front. Uh, we actually did a poll on this and we were asking fans, who do you think is going to start tomorrow? Youssef El Arabi or Tiquinho? So Youssef El Arabi is our talisman. He's been our top scorer the last the last two seasons. He's 34 years of age. He, he really is just uh, a killer striker if he gets the ball in the box eight nine times out of ten he's going to score he's quite good on with his feet he's good in the air he's a complete striker but he's he's 34 and now we've brought in this guy Tiquinho, who played for Porto some years ago you might remember him and he scored three goals in the last two games he's regaining confidence after a coming from china with a long you know he's had a long absence of, of football for a few months that's a big decision for the manager tomorrow i i'm i'm really i'm also expecting a potential surprise in the lineup tomorrow whether that's a certain player or whether it's a formation my god if if pedro martins decides to go for a 442 in Turkey tomorrow with el arabi and Tiquinho, I, I i don't know i no way there could be some surprises tomorrow uh, labrador you don't think
0: so I don't think so. And also, I want to point out one last thing. We were told from Galatasaray fans, Henry Onyakuru likes a game against Fenerbahce.
2: Yeah, that, so, actually, I was just waiting for uh, for you guys to finish your words because I'm really curious about, uh, especially Onyakuru, because he scored a goal against Fenerbahce when Galatasaray won the game. So Fenerbahce fans would be really... On the line, when they watch Onyekuru playing a ball against our, against the uh, Fenerbahce goalpost, uh, like towards Altai Bender, because they have faced before. And uh, Onyekuru knows really, really well Fenerbahce and Fenerbahce Stadium. So, like you've uh, mentioned about Tikiño and Al Arabi, but Fenerbahce fans will think that Henry Onyekuru is the biggest threat for Olympiakos against Fenerbahce they will think they will see him as as the biggest threat on the pitch tomorrow because they have seen him they have seen his qualities he's a really good player he was playing really good for Galatasaray uh, and before uh, like before the season before the new season uh, Galatasaray fans really waited for him uh, to come again uh, Galatasaray tried to bring him but they couldn't afford him because they they are in a like the president had changed they were uh, they were in a financial uh, like a tiny crisis but they couldn't just afford him they couldn't afford his uh, like they couldn't buy him they couldn't spend four or five millions just for one, just for henry onyekuru so they have waited but well if galatasaray fans want want to see him they could just go over to kadikoy to Fenerbahce stadium and see him in another jersey in Olympiacos jersey i guess
1: can can fans actually galatasaray fans actually go there they're not won't be afraid for their lives
2: no just out of of curiosity if they like him that much maybe they they could just try but galatasaray is going to play with marseille tomorrow so they will be just sitting at home waiting for galatasaray to get a point get a uh, like get three points against uh, Marseille. So they will not be going there. I don't think so.
0: And as we wrap up, we're going to do score prediction. And one last thing I want to know, are there stadium restrictions? We're hearing a great atmosphere is waiting. Is it full stadium? Is it 70% like some other? No,
2: no, it's uh, like 50% of the stadium's capacity. So there are still restrictions, but fans attending and, this match is quite important for Fenerbahce fans too because um, this is going to be the first European League game for Fenerbahce fans. They, they will be watching their beloved team in the stadium against the European team for the first time in this season and you know... Fenerbahce were not very successful when, when it came to European Cups games. And because of the pandemic, they couldn't just attend the matches. So after a really, really long period, Fenerbahce fans will attend the game for European European League game for the first time for after a really, really long period. So it's going to be really exciting for them too. They would put on a really good show uh, just for this occasion
1: and hopefully the Olympiagos players will rise to the occasion as well it's been a long time since they've yeah. played in a hostile atmosphere we'll be <laughs> sure. looking yeah be looking forward to see how they respond to that as well i mean they're i'd say they're quite used to it uh, most of the players cuz when we go away from home anywhere actually let alone when we play Bao Gag, um panathinaikos away from home it's um is quite hostile, uh, quite quite animated. So, looking forward to seeing that tomorrow. There is one question before we do match predictions from our friend, Burak Özgül, he's asking you, uh, Rezan, what do you think Fenerbahce's weakest point is?
2: Well, uh, I would say like the right and the left wings are Fenerbahce's weakest points. Because Vito um, Peria sometimes changes those players. Sometimes he plays Ferdi uh, up left. And sometimes he plays him at up right. And uh, actually, Ferdi, originally, he plays at the right flank. But uh, most of the times, he's he's playing at the left flank. So, I believe wing uh, players, uh, wing left, uh, like right and left wings, are Fenerbahce's weakest points. So, and... Uh, if you look from the Olympiakos side, Olympiakos maybe one of the uh, biggest points, biggest advantages, biggest advantage of Olympiakos is that, like the wings, like you've just mentioned Onyekuru, he's a really dangerous player. He's a really dangerous player on the wing. So if we compare these teams uh, from the wing, at, like from the right and left wings. I think Fenerbahce is getting low against Olympiakos, so Olympiakos is going to try. Is try? They are going to. They would need to push those players if they want to create some chances. So, I would say right and left wing Fenerbahce's weakest points uh, ahead of the game.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah,
2: because those players that I've just mentioned, Osai and Ferdi, they are really potential they are young they are fast but they play with the ball too much they they don't just have those capacity like pelkas and Mr. zil in the intelligence part i speak they play with the ball too much they think too much they don't they don't act quickly they are they are fast they bring the ball in the uh, in the final third but that's it they don't just finish it they don't just finish the position they just leave it so, uh, I believe they could do more in time, but right now, uh, they're not enough.
1: Uh, are Fenerbahce fans generally happy with how the team is playing right now? Like, it's a good atmosphere, the fans, the, the team, everything, everything's going well at the club, so they're very, everyone's looking forward to this game tomorrow.
2: Yeah, they're excited, but they're happy with the results. But when it comes to playing the game, well, uh, some of the some of the fans think that Fenerbahce should play like a champion, like a champion candidate. So they expect more chances created. They expect a high XG after like the, uh, after the match, after the 90 minutes of the match, they expect more passing, more shouts. Uh, They want, they just want Fenerbahce to conquer all of the game. But when, when they look at the scoreboard, yeah, Fenerbahce wins the games but when they look at the game they're not um satisfied with the game right now they expect more from Fenerbahce they believe with this squad depth with with these star players like Mesut Ozil, Palcas, Valencia and also in the defensive parts like the goalkeeper Altai, defense uh, like uh defenders Zalai, Ince, they think Fenerbahce should do more in the games not just they shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be enough just winning the game. They just want to. They just want Fenerbahce to play like a top European uh, team could play. Like, for example. So funny! It's so you know, funny you're saying this because they, they, they I feel
0: they, like. I'm hearing the same thing. Six, seven years ago, when Vitor Pereira was at Olympiakos, the worst football you've ever seen. But then yeah. people were saying, oh, he gets results. He gets results." But your eyes afterwards are hurting, you know. And
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They... <laughs> so it's it's like they're we're hearing saying, the same
2: thing. Our, our eyes are bleeding. We don't want to keep it <laughs> like this. It's, sometimes.
0: It's... but Costa, tell me if I'm wrong. But it's like hearing. If I could yeah, record they're myself they're from seven years ago.
2: Yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't agree that Vitor Pereira. Plays Fenerbahce in that in that position. No. This season, Fenerbahce is getting... It's it's growing. I believe in, in time, they're going to play better. They're going to win the games, but they will also play better. We just need time because there are too many new players in the squad right now. Those players didn't even know each other that much. They, they need to communicate on the pitch. They need to know each other very well. They need to adapt... To the system and they also need to adapt to themselves like 11 players they should know each other very well so uh, to do that you need time the needs time and these players also need time so i don't think maybe comparing the uh, first uh, edition of vitro in and fenerbahce i could agree with you but this time i think he's trying some Something's new he's you know getting some updates some some upgrades in his uh playing system
0: interesting interesting i, I, for Labra, sure.
1: I, I know you were laughing because you don't like vitor pereira but I vitor pereira did, did come in during i think he came in in january he, he wasn't managing oliviakos from the beginning of the season so um if i remember well we ended up winning the cup and winning winning the league as well so it was you know, the frank anyway, Nevada,
0: let's say the the side yeah. of his chest let's let's just say that yeah it's been a few yeah, years well, so we can say it
1: well, well well let's say he he got the my, my dad was asking me about vitor ferreira earlier he's like oh is that is that the guy that you know did the gestures to the panathinaikos fans and you know he got uh, he he did something at the Ike game where Kasami uh, yes. I think he, he was it caused two at riots, the
0: honestly. Vitico Pereira, yeah. like almost he caused the riot at Leo Foros, I remember. And then him and Kasami went down to the Ike fans after the it the looked like handball goal and gave them some words or gestures and then a riot ensued at a Beautiful years, beautiful. I it brings back good memories. <laughs> I,
1: I was I was giggling a little bit, not because of Ferreira, uh, sorry, Pereira, but because of listening to Razan. It was like listening to her talk about Olympiacos to a certain to a certain extent. Just talking about the fans not being satisfied enough with the results. That we're happy with, we're getting the results now in September. We're waiting for the team to to gel, to find more chemistry. Um, it's very similar at Olympiacos right now. Um, the team was hit. With a, with, with a COVID outbreak during the summer. We had some key injuries uh, that made us change formation during our Champions League qualification campaign. The football hasn't been great. It's been improving slowly but steadily. And going into tomorrow's game, I think we're very lucky to be top of the group right now because when we played Antwerp, thank you for uh, correcting me, it wasn't standard Liege, it was Antwerp, when we played antwerp we were very lucky to win i thought that puts us top of the table um and going into tomorrow's game predictions i'm going to say i'm going to say for me Don't i'd say. be happy with i'd be happy with a draw okay i would be happy with a draw tomorrow of course um i see 2-2 2-2 is my prediction for tomorrow's game. I think it's going to be a very interesting midfield battle as well. I like Luis Gustavo, great, great player. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting tussle with him and Bukalagis. They're both left-footed. They're both quite slow on like in terms of their movement, but fast with their brain. So I think that's an interesting matchup in midfield. Um, and if Pierre Kunde does start tomorrow, that's somebody I really want to keep an eye on uh, and somebody that you should keep an eye on, Razan and Fenerbahce fans in particular. Uh, Madi Kamara is the star of the team, in my opinion. So we've got three players in midfield there that are relatively, you know, at good age, young, uh, with something to, 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 to prove, with ambition. So, very interesting game tomorrow. And I think if we manage a draw, it sets us up well for uh, the Frankfurt double encounters. Labra, what have you got?
0: Uh, With Jan and Via fit. I thought we were going to win tomorrow night. That was going to be my shocking prediction. But I am less on the Andreas Pujalakis hype train as the rest of the members on this podcast. I still think he struggles in Europe. I still think he's too slow. I still think he makes terrible mistakes with against a clinical team will lead to mistakes so personally i not feeling great going into the game now without Mvia. i've said it over and over easily the most important player on the team when he's not there this is a different football team um and i i'm going to be positive so i'm going to go for a 1-1 i was going to go for a 2-1 if Mvia was playing but i'm not I'm not, I'm not feeling great about it. And one thing I really want to say, I saw this comment, someone asking, is Ronnie Lopez going to be playing? <laughs> Let me see if I found it. Olympiakos Turkey. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. That's the honest answer, everyone. Maybe for Why two not? minutes.
1: Why not? Maybe he can come on tomorrow and he can finally do something. Maybe I we're
0: mean... up 4-0 and Ronnie Lopez can run around in circles. That's <laughs> fine by me. But at this moment... God know. <laughs> so that's my prediction.
2: So uh, actually, I was going to say a draw would be enough for Fenerbahce if they had won the first game against Eintracht Frankfurt. But there's there's already a draw in Fenerbahce's hands, so a draw is not going to be enough for for club and also for the fans. So they're going to push really really hard. Uh, for a win against Olympiakos. It's not going to be easy. But I think Fenerbahce players. Fenerbahce squad. Got the quality to do anything. Like to do the best they could. And I don't think Mesut Ozil is going to be a huge missing for Fenerbahce. Because like I've already mentioned it before. He's not in the good shape. He's not in his best shape. So it's it's not going to be a huge missing for the rest of the team. I believe Vitor Pere is going to bring someone who could replace him against a team, like against a historical, against a against one of the biggest teams in Europe, also in the Greece. So I believe Fenerbahce is going to be really strong when they have defence because they're going to play at their home. So I think like... Uh, Fenerbahce is going to get a win like 2-1. Olympiakos is not going to be easy. They are going to score a goal, I believe. It's not going to be a clean sheet for Fenerbahce. Even if they got a really promising, talented goalkeeper and defenders like and Mincay, they will try to do their best to stop your threats like Nikuru, Tichinho, Soares, Kamara. But I believe Fenerbahce is going to win this game
0: 2-1. I promise you we're going to score tomorrow. We're going to score tomorrow, but I don't know if it's going to be <laughs> enough. I, I I just don't think... I don't... If my head is... I'm going to say it. If, if it was my head predicting, I'm predicting the same thing as you. But I am not, so I'm saying 1-1. That is my prediction.
2: My th- prediction think... was the same. But if Fenerbahce won against uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, I would, I would go with 1-1, and it would be like... Uh, satisfying for both type for both time for both teams but it's not going to be enough they need they're going to need three points because it's the second game and they're going to play with antwerp on the uh, the, on the third week and there are two ex-fenerbahce players playing for antwerp and they're playing really really good because when Frey was playing for fenerbahce he was really bad and some of the last season he was he was like he was a torture to watch for both Fenerbahce fans and also other football fans too. He didn't do anything. Fenerbahce fans expected too much. They like after Fenerbahce paid for him like 6 million euros, he didn't do anything. He had no quality. Like he he had lost his mind on the pitch, but when you watch him at Antwerp, he's completely different. He's and good. He's, he's, and not he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not bad at and all. Yeah. That was my
0: opinion. He's not bad at all.
2: Too. so Fanavache is going to struggle against Antwerp two, so they need to win this game. It's going to be ninety nine percent win. They should win it. They're going to go on the pitch. They will know they have to win this game, and I believe they will too. Well,
1: I don't know about you guys, but. Wow, what a match preview this has been. My mouth is absolutely watering going into tomorrow's game. I can't Excited. wait to it's fall, an exciting I can't game. wait to fall. I can't wait to fall asleep, get work over with tomorrow, and then go and watch the game. It's an early kickoff, isn't it? It's um 745, I think, Greek time. Yeah. So that's six six forty-five Central European time. I think that's 1245 US Eastern Standard Time. So. If you guys haven't set your alarms yet. Uh, If you haven't booked your lunch break working from the office in D.C., I'm speaking to you, Ari. That's our other co-host. I'm sure Ari's got his setup all ready for tomorrow. Rezan, thank you so much for sharing your insights, spending time with us today. I don't want to say it, but I I don't want to say this, but I will. You're the first lady that's been on our show and it's been so it's been so refreshing speaking to a female (laughs) about football um so I want to give you a big shout out thank you so much and big thank you also to Chris Wheatley who made this introduction our friend at um our friend from London that does a reporting for for Arsenal Rezan um Football London thank you Labro um Rezan is there anything you'd like to say before closing um anything you'd like to say go ahead
2: well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was my first time doing a live show, especially in another language, other than my native language. It was a really a different experience for me too. I really enjoyed it talking to you guys. And I wish both teams a good luck. And I believe uh, like Olympiacos fans, Fenerbahce fans, they're going to want their team to win. But as a, just as a football fan, it's going to be a really... Joyful match to watch, so I believe it's going to be an exciting game. I don't care who is going to win it or not, who is going to win it, who is going to lose it. I, I just, I will just try to enjoy the game, just what, just by watching it. And again, thank you so much for inv- inviting me. It was a really, really good show for me too.
1: Our great pleasure. um I'll make a wish. Actually, my wish is that both clubs end up qualifying from this group. So I that's uh, yeah. th- there you go. Olympiakos can finish first, though, and Fenerbahce can finish second <laughs> if that's okay.
2: <laughs> well, I I don't want to say anything about. I I want Fenerbahce to win. I, well, I would like Fenerbahce to win, and I believe they are going to win it too. But at the end of the day, uh, I I just want Fenerbahce to qualify, no matter the place, and because Fenerbahce and also the Turkish football really, really needs that because our teams didn't do very well recently in the European Leagues, in the European Cups, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Beşiktaş and Trabzonspor and the other teams. So Turkish football really, really needs some of our clubs to be successful at the European area. So I hope Fenerbahce and Galatasaray do well on their matches tomorrow.
1: Similarly, Greek clubs are in a very... Yeah, similar situation to the Turkish clubs. We need the points for the coefficient. Oli has been fighting alone for the last however many years. We've we've all forgotten. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to our guest uh, Rezan Yetis. You can follow her on Twitter at Rezan underscore Yetis. It's going across the screen at the bottom there rezan in turkish you say uh yeah very good to anybody that doesn't know turkish that means thank you and good night we are the gate (laughs) seven international podcast thanks for listening hit that subscribe button hit the like button if you haven't done that already until tomorrow we'll be back for post-match after the game Kalo Vradi, Kalimera, Kalispera, wherever you are in the world. Take care.
2: Bye.
1: You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olibiagos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olibiagos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos ise, stomialo kati mayikoa.